As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the show that explores the methods and strategies on rocking the financial side of your music business. With over 40 years combined experience, here are your hosts, Chris Webb and Dave Tampkin. Welcome to Musicians Tip Jar, where we talk about musicians and money. Where we break the financial ice in the green room and give you something else to talk about than the drummer's spandex. I'm your host, Chris Webb, joined by my co-host and the guy that just looks good in everything, Dave Tamgan. Totally false, Chris Webb. I wore shirt, uh, shorts to a video shoot this weekend, and everyone said that the reflection from the lights off my legs messing up the cameras. So I'm not doing that again. Are they as red as your forehead is right now? Uh, <laughs> I was in the sun. <laughs> Little too much. Cancer. The statistics concerning our use of money are not particularly good, especially in the artistic world. Today we are going to refocus to the core concept of this show and give you conversation starters for you to bring to the next Guitar Center hangout in the acoustic guitar room. By the way, I am on the hunt for more stats. If anybody out listening right now has any articles or studies that they'd like to share in regards to artists and money, please send them to musicianstipjar at gmail.com. But let's talk about where we are at with money and the 10 money convos to have with your fellow musicians right after this. Live stream to 30 plus platforms simultaneously. Expand your reach and boost your views with the number one live streaming solution in the world, Restream. Millions of people around the world use Restream to reach, engage, and monetize their audiences. Their customers include professional and amateur gamers, Fortune 500 companies, media, politicians, celebrities, and definitely musicians. Restream keeps nurturing their product portfolio to empower content creators to reach wider audiences and brands to spread their messages throughout a massive network of streamers. They offer multi-streaming to reach a wider audience, a scheduler to automate your recorded videos live, enjoy your day while your streams go off without a hitch, engage viewers in a multi-chat, Forget about tab switching from multiple platforms and you can't aim for success if you can't see your target. Measure your success and get insights on your live stream across all 30 plus platforms on a single screen. Go to musicianstipjar.com forward slash deals to grab your seven day free pro trial today. Welcome back, everybody. This week's nonprofit is We Are All Music. Their mission is to provide meaningful support to the most impactful organizations that use the power of music to improve lives and benefit society. 
They support music nonprofits dedicated to social causes in health and wellness, education, and underserved communities. WAAM awards transformative grants and works closely with each nonprofit to help them achieve their goals, develop collaborative initiatives, and guide best practices. Learn more at weareallmusic.org. Make sure you rate, subscribe to this podcast, leave us a comment, and go to our website and sign up for our free weekly newsletter, where we will connect you to other related articles and provide you with helpful resources for your music business. This week's quote of the week comes from Robert Kiyosaki, another great read if anyone hasn't read any of his books. He says, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep and how hard it works for you. Nine out of 10 musicians quit their dream of going pro because of financial reasons. Now I just made that up, but I bet you didn't flinch when I said it. What if it's not our talent but our planning, that's the problem here. For the record, Chris, uh, I believed you. <laughs> just, just in case no one else out there believed you, I was sold on that. Yeah. Line. The following are at least a good overview of some real financial stats for you to noodle on from Joshua Becker. He's a writer for becomingaminimalist.com. This is a pretty recent article that I grabbed these from. It says, Nearly 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 saved. To me, that was me about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, somewhere in there, when I really started getting into the finance world, and I realized I had a problem. 25% of Americans have no savings at all. The average U.S. household owes $7,149 in credit card debt. 40% of Americans spend up to half of their income servicing debt, and less than a third of Americans use a budget. <laughs> I bet if we could pull these into artists, those numbers would be the same or worse. To 40% of Americans spend up to half of their income servicing debt is an unbelievable number and just shows how hard it is to get out of debt. Yeah. Because you also need to be saving while you're doing that. Right. It's a, it's a big hole to dig yourself out of. Right. And it's it's a long road. And and there's lots of strategies on that. And uh, we have some great books on our, our book club page that we recommend for people who are trying to figure out those, if they're in those positions, um, I definitely recommend that that's one of the first things that you should decide to do is get out of that debt because it holds you down. These stats make it seem so obvious why money is mo the most common conflict for Americans and relationships, including bandmates. <laughs> it's also one of the leading causes of stress, not to mention probably the leading cause of dream killers, career killers. The irony to all that, of course, we are also living in one of the most, if not the most entrepreneurial economies in our history, especially with the internet and the new world it has created. By the way, another interesting stat that I found is that as of January 2021, less than 60% of the world's population has internet access right now. So in many ways, we're still in the Wild West days of what the World Wide Web really will be. And it's coming soon. I mean, SpaceX keeps putting more satellites all over so the world can have free internet. 
As musicians, we can sing a song that is so personal to our innermost feelings, but we clam up when we talk about our finances. Just as a song lyric can be said in a way that inspires others, so can healthy money conversations. And the bottom line is if we don't get control of our finances, our dreams to be musicians and artists and entrepreneur, they become unsustainable. Let's not let each other lose our dreams because of bad financial management. We need to have these conversations with each other to learn from each other. So here are 10 conversation starters that you can have while you're sitting around for those two hours after the unnecessarily early sound check. <laughs> Before we get into, you know, each one, you told me a story the other day about a student that came up to you and said, you know, I get the podcast. We're talking about how money is important in a music business. But he said that, you know, he really wanted to concentrate on the music. Is that, is, you know, can he you... said he said that finance or money, he didn't even use the word finance. He said that, that money made him feel uninspired and that, that money took away the artistic side of his passion and and so i said well that i understand that because you know there is that aspect of a feeling you know it's not it's not an artistic thing right it's not an emotion it's 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 it takes away sometimes magic in being an artist but i said well what's what's slowing you down from making that next great album and he said well it's really expensive i said well, okay so tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, here are 10 musicians and money conversation starters. Number one, what percentage of your income do you take home and what do you keep in your business? How do you decide what that amount is? I don't know if you're asking me these questions, or, but I'm just going to answer them because I think it's a good yeah, practice. Absolutely. I take 20% right away out of every check I get and put it away for taxes. That's, mm -hmm. that's something I want to worry about later. I take 10% out after that and I keep it in a, just a rainy day music account for the business, for emergency funds and for future projects. If I want to make an album, I am slowly building up that nest egg for the album. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, what, you turned me on to this in the beginning when we were uh, talking about Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And at first he's like, grab an envelope, you know? And I mean, I'm sure that book was written early enough when cash was more on hand than it is now, but the album gets an envelope and put some money in that envelope each time. So I kind of, depending on what's coming up in the future, but I always start with, get rid of taxes, make sure I have an account for that. And then I keep 10% out of every check in the business. And then the rest you decide to take home? I, I don't take it home with me. I'll either put it in a bank or I'll pay bills with <laughs> okay. it. But I okay. never really... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I know what you're saying. But yeah, obviously you're going to have to pay your expenses and then the rest. I, yes, I keep it in the account and then I have like what I would say is a you know, what I try to reach as a salary monthly that I'm taking out for myself each month and whatever's left over, but I don't touch that 10% that I just know I have to think profit first and keep that in there before 
And that's how I make decisions for what kind of money's coming in and what money's coming out. Those are two things that I don't touch. For me, I, I take out a set amount. I take out a set amount, um, which isn't really a percentage, you know, because sometimes I make twice as much one month than another month. So I have a set amount that goes to the family uh, and the rest just stays in the account. And, you know, I, it's all on a spreadsheet, so I keep track of it. And that, that number just builds up. So by the end of the year, I have this giant fund, you know, in that main business account. And then it has all the, you know, percentages and everything are, are, are keeping track in my spreadsheets. But um, it's all just sitting in one fund besides the monthly withdrawal. Question number two. Do you have a monthly payment on your equipment or gear? How do you decide how much you're going to spend on gear? I went first on the last one, Chris. Okay. You go first. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep a list of things that I know I'm going to start to need soon. I mean, there's the obvious stuff like your strings and tuners and, and the basics. Um, and that just comes out of my monthly expenses, but bigger expenses like a new guitar or some, you know, equipment for my recording gear or um, show stuff. I, I will plan ahead at least six months and I'll be taking, I'll be setting that money aside little by little until I can buy it. But I, I will decide what I'm buying pretty early on too. And I try to time it around sales like Memorial Day or some whatever, you know, that they always do. And I have, you know, a guy at Sweetwater that I almost always work with because I feel like I get the best deals and I know I'm going to get what I need by working with them. I do the same with Sweetwater. I do things a little bit differently now than I probably would 10 years ago. I think I, because I have other you know, lines of income right now for myself that I'm diversifying what comes in that I have a little leeway that if I work with a company like Sweetwater and they have a credit card with zero interest for two years, I can divide up that payment from a year to maybe 18 months. And I know I'm not losing money on interest and I can make that part of my expense sheet. And I'm also weighing, you know, the investment. So am I going to get a return on this larger purchase quickly? How does it affect my career? Does it enhance it? And as long as it doesn't put me in financial jeopardy. 10 years ago, I think your comment is right on that, you know, starting six months ahead of time plan, definitely around, you know, those Thanksgiving deals. I guess when I read that question, I thought of if I had to do something today, but planning is always better. You're right on that one. Well, there's, I mean, situations can come up, um, which actually, you know, we'll talk about in question number four. But question number three, are you currently saving money for retirement? This is a great question to ask a lot of people because some people, especially some of these young musicians that I play with sometimes in, in weddings that are just getting started in their careers, haven't even thought about something like this yet. But uh, the question would be, are you currently saving for your retirement? And are you happy with how much you're saving? When did you start? I didn't start until I think I was 40. I was very late in the game to start looking at retirement. So I opened a, a Roth account through my Acorns app, and that is a cent amount. It is not a percentage. So I know how much I can put in that each month and then how much is, you know, tax deductible up for that year. And I try to do that for that year and each year moving forward because you can calculate pretty much how much you're going to get in retirement at what age. And because I started so late, 
I have to put in more <laughs> than I would like to see go. Right. But man, if I could have started that just at 30, right. I would have been ahead of the game. Right. Which is why these conversations are great to have with someone who's just starting in this career. It can be a serious game changer whether or not this career really pans out all the way until they retire. We we have a friend who just turned uh, 24 and for her birthday, I gave her, um, you know, a check to start an account like that. Cool. And I said, this is for you to put in here. I want to see that you started it and start thinking of this now. Yeah. And she changes, it changes everything. I mean, in in 40 years, what that money will turn into. It's amazing. Uh, Question number four, do you have insurance? And can I ask you how much you pay for it? Now, this one is one where talking numbers really isn't very uncomfortable because insurance is just one of those things you shop. And it doesn't matter what kind of insurance we're talking about. You just shop it, right? And most people will agree, especially things like life insurance. I mean, I, I am a big, uh, I, I am totally against whole life insurance. Um, and that's another <laughs> debate for another day. Uh, but whether you do whole life or just term, which are the two types of life insurance, um, you just shop it. And so asking about things like that, but then also within music, like, do you have insurance on your business? Like, are you protecting yourself if you fell off the back of that ledge or some drunk person spilled their beer on you and electrocuted you somehow? <laughs> I or mean, those into your microphone and knocked out all your teeth. Right. Which, you know, I mean, these things happen. And so, you know, insurance actually is surprisingly cheap, even for stuff like that. You just need to know where to get it, Um, which, by the way, I have a contact, um, which, you know, I just shared with a whole lot of our fellow musicians because, you know, we're working out some, you know, contracts with some venues. And, uh, you know, you buy a year's worth of insurance and, you know, it's it's varies on what state you're in and all that stuff. So I can't really give you a number, but... I can tell you that for one year of it to cover you for a million dollars per performance, it's very reasonable and it will save your ass if some bad stuff happens. There's a lot of companies too for health insurance. And if you uh, check out the artists blog posts for Spotify, they have 101 know your resources links and they give you a whole bunch of different options for health insurance, which we will list on musicians tip jar as well just to see some of the providers that we're familiar with and some of our friends use. And uh, maybe we can see if we can get some of them on the phone to talk about it because it is definitely a different lifestyle. You're traveling a lot more and you're around a lot more people than, you know, normally would be even teaching. Yeah. Remember when we (laughs) would have a kid like where, Chris and I used to teach, there was like four districts of students, like within a small uh, area. And then kids would come in with like snotty noses. Yeah, yeah. And then another kid would come in from the nether, like virus from another <laughs> school. And oh man, my health insurance, I think I reached that deductible that year. It was two <laughs> years before um, I stopped teaching because I was just sick all the time. Number five, are you doing anything to pay off your school loans, credit cards, car loans, or other unsecured debt? Are you trying to do it early? And now I want to remind everybody that these lists of questions are not for you to go out and tell everybody what you think. That's what we're here for. (laughs) Um, 
but seriously, if you, you know, you're using this list, please do it in the intent to learn from your friends and, and not be bossy if possible. It's more about making us all aware of the possibility of being in a better situation. And that's why this is an important question because debt is a dream killer. It weighs you down. It makes it impossible to do things or much harder, much longer, including things like planning for retirement. So, you know, there's all these rules that, you know, all these gurus, these financial gurus will say, and most of them are pretty smart things. And so I won't repeat them all here, but you know, if you go to our book page, you can see a lot of the people that we follow and, and all of them will agree with you that getting into a bunch of debt or staying in a bunch of debt is, is the first thing you got to change. We tell each other when we, you know, find a new guitar that we love, or we just played at a new venue that we love. Let's call a musician friend and say, Oh, you have to play this place. So why not, you know, if you find uh, some tips that might help you financially, let a musician friend know. Oh, I just got this awesome rate for health insurance. Don't know if you're looking for it, but check it out. Tell them I sent you. Mm-hmm. Number six, do you set a financial budget for your business? And what has worked well for you? Any apps, any programs, or anything of your own design? I think a lot of people find different ways of doing it. And I think a lot of times it comes organically. But now there are so many websites, and we've listed a whole bunch in previous episodes for you to uh, try out um, things like um, mint.com, which is the one I use still. Um, Intuit QuickBooks. Financial Capital is another one that does a good job with their with their budgeting tool. Oh, and YNAB is another another one I'm a fan of, which is you need a budget. What, what's it called? It's an acronym. YNAB. You need a budget. Lucky sevens. Do you have a process you use for decisions or accepting bids or particular work? Um, what I mean by this question is like, how, what makes your decision of which gigs you take and which ones you don't, you know, which projects you take on and which ones you don't, whether you're a recording artist or a, an engineer or a touring musician or a gigging musician, you know, and I think it's important that you set parameters on this because otherwise you find yourself in situations where you're pissed at yourself. Like, me in March, I took a gig and I, I drove two hours to it. And I was like, why am I here? You know, like it's way less than I ever would accept normally. I mean, yes, we're in a pandemic. And so my, my brain's thinking, bring in what you can. So it's not unreasonable, but it's still, it really shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. I still think that now I don't think I should have taken it. And so it's interesting to get other people's feedback, how they make those decisions. I kind of have three th- three rules for myself. The first one is like how much exposure does it provide, not only for myself as a singer-songwriter, but then if it's just a different kind of gig, will that lead to more gigs through this? Yeah, how does it benefit me networking-wise? And how can I benefit the situation or help the situation? Second one is how much time does it take to get there? Because that's a huge one. And a lot of venues and places don't even take that into consideration. As yeah. All they see is by the moment you walk into that establishment. And we're not talking about for uh, ticketed gigs, but that's a concern too. Like how many people are going to be there? How can I, you know, if I'm going to drive three hours, is it worth my time? And how far is it to the next location if I'm on tour? Does that make sense for me? 
And then lastly, I'll go to how much it pays because it has to fund the entire trip, number one. And then number two would be, I'll go into my budgeting and look at my bills and how much have I set aside and how much do I need to make this month? And does it fit into that? Number eight, do you invest any money in real estate or the stock market? Where do you go to find advice? For me on this one, I'll just say that, you know, I'm at a point now where my focus is to diversify. And so I still do invest and I still have my Roth IRAs and um, some investment funding like that. But I'm really focused on real estate right now um, just to diversify because I don't have any, you know, I know you already have a rental property. But even that with that, I mean, very fortunate to, you know, own a home in Boulder, but how does how do I make that money work for us and our family is that we pay a little bit extra each month towards the principal because we know that if we can make one more payment a year than what we owe, we're going to make 80K back, which if we just paid, you know, the basic every month that we would lose that. So it's an investment. And then with stock market, you know, I'll just go back to Acorns and Stash because they kind of walk you through it and you don't have to be an expert. And I've learned a lot from both apps. And we are, we do have a, a podcast planned to go into detail on how to start investing. It'll be a very basic overview of what we recommend you try out at first. And this is just going to be our opinions, right? We are not financial advisors, but it is, it is going to give you an opportunity to kind of see some places that you might want to try to start with. Number nine, what is the best piece of financial advice you've ever received? You go first. I I always fall back to when one of my clients, you know, who I've been teaching music to for years, but who has given me so much invaluable financial guidance uh, in return, you once said that, you, you know, money only does what you tell it to do. And and it's a really eye-opening concept when you start to realize that if you if you take that to heart, that you can pretty much explain every situation you are in or ever have been in. <laughs> and it puts that finger pointing right back at yourself. That's great advice. Mine was don't spend it if you don't have it. Don't put yourself into debt. That is a really good one too. All right, number 10 and last. What have you learned from your financial experience in the music business? I've learned it's always changing and planning for the unexpected is so important. I've learned that it's not going to work out the way you think it is, but it'll work out really well if you stick with it. And I I think, I think it's a, it's probably more of a life thing, but um, the truth is that, you know, it's more about continuing on right in this business. It's about showing up. Definitely a marathon. I'm sure you will find some that don't want to talk about this and some that don't have any answers to some of these questions. But this conversation might also be the start of helping them shed light on all of these questions for their own personal finance. If you uh, want some references back to episode 14, we talk a lot about how to find your community and it might help you find some people that are like mine that are super into talking about these things. And also, if it's something that you're struggling with, with the idea of having these conversations, perhaps refer back to episode 12, where we talk about the money mindset for musicians. So a couple do's and do nots. First of all, 
Don't ask how much money someone makes. I have one thing to add to that, though. When, and I think you you and I have done this, but maybe because, you know, we've been friends for so long, it's a lot easier. I've reached out to musicians on gigs, not so much talking about their financial, you know, whole, but if I'm going for a gig and I don't want to overbid or underbid, hey, uh, Frank, Frank, uh, so you played uh, Johnny's on the South Side. Uh, can I ask how much you got paid for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the only time I think that you can share those type of things. Yeah, and then that's and that's definitely a a friend question, right? Like yeah. if, a lot of these questions you could ask to just maybe an acquaintance in the business, but that's a friend question. Number two, do be willing to have uh, money conversations with your fellow musicians. Don't be afraid to start these conversations. And the last one of these three do's and do nots is don't let the numbers blind you from the principles. I always think about this as like getting a gig for $500 used to seem impossible. And, you know, now, now adding more zeros to that isn't unheard of in what I've seen. And so it's really hard to understand those concepts you know, depending on where you are in your career. And, and, and I think that it's easy to let those numbers intimidate the way you're thinking. So the idea is let the numbers go. And I only have one action step for this episode because I thought, you know what? We don't need three. We don't need to keep giving you extra ones. We just need you to do one thing with this guy, right? Which is pick one friend, a musician, friend that you play with, that you work with, that you trust, that you like, that you are interested in learning more about, that you aspire to do some of the things they're doing. Whoever that might be, grab some coffee or a beer, whatever you do, and pull out this list, which will be on our website at musiciansdipchai.com under 10 conversations to have with your friends about money. We know that your time is valuable and we so appreciate you spending this time with us. And being a part of our community, it is our hope that you feel the sense of community here at Musicians Tip Jar and are willing to get involved and contribute. So if you do find stats or musicians and money articles, please do send them our way because it really will help. And the best way to get a hold of us is check out musicianstipjar.com or send us an email, musicianstipjar at gmail. And as always, thanks for joining us. Remember, there's already enough for everyone. You just need to know how to get it. Until next time, on behalf of Dave Tamkin and myself, Chris Webb, please stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other. It's action, not opinions, that will actually pay your bills. This is Musician's Tip Jar. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, business, or financial professional for individualized advice. Individual results are not guaranteed, and all discussed strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The hosts are operating on behalf of Musicians Tip Jar LLC exclusively. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.